listening to Let's Talk Property with Heather Hilda Darling. I'm joined today by Amanda Prowse. Amanda is an international best-selling author with many books under her belt. 26 novels, non-fiction title and seven novellas have been published in dozens of languages around the world. Popular TV and radio personality and a regular panellist on Channel 5's The Jeremy Vine Show. So I'm really excited to be talking to the Queen of Family Drama as described by the Daily Mail. Amanda has just published her latest book called Women Like Us and is a memoir. So I can't wait to catch up with Amanda and see what her latest book is all about. Hello, Amanda. How are you today? Hi, Heather. I'm great. How are you, my lovely? I'm absolutely fine. Congratulations on the publication of your memoir, Women Like Us. Thank you. I love your name, Heather Hilda. I'm a name, a name stealer, so prepare oh. to see yourself in as a fiction character sometime soon. <laughs> oh, but the last bit of my name is Darling. I am a double barrel, so I'm Are a Heather you Hilda kidding Darling. me? I'm well, not kidding you. <laughs> that is definitely a lady of the manor house. I'm just writing that down here. <laughs> what a name. That's phenomenal. I know. Women like us, Amanda. Mm. How on earth did you come to write a book like that? <gasps> Do you know, I've, I've written fiction, as I say, for the last 10 years. Um, and I was always telling people, my readers, uh, via my characters, that you can be anything you want. You can achieve anything you want. It's all about letting life begin when you let it, about having self-belief. And I felt very inauthentic because I was putting out these messages and then crying in the bath and eating crisps. And I thought, you know what? It's time really that I looked at my own life. Um, and it's very different, Heather. It feels very vulnerable. I feel very vulnerable, um, like showing someone your diary and all your teenage pictures. It's quite exposing, but absolutely necessary for me to make the changes necessary because I've had such a toxic relationship with food all my life to the point where my, my weight a couple of years ago tipped just under 21 stone. Um, I'm now down to 16 stone and trust me as someone who's avoided the scales nearly all my life to say that publicly feels like a very huge deal but it's part of the problem which is being open about weight and weight related issues. I think it's great that you've been so open about it I mean surely a lot of women like us also have toxic relationships with food I can remember years ago when I moved over to Brussels um, as a 19 year old I was so homesick I used to down lots of Belgian waffles and my mum didn't recognize me the next time I came home because I had ballooned but you're quite right you know self-belief in what we do Things like, you know, we've got to go and smash glass ceilings, we get to these glass cliffs, you know, and what comes next? We need to have that self-belief. So when you've got a lack of confidence, what did you do? You obviously put a plan of action into place. How did you go about it? Well, in terms of, it's interesting what you said about how you were lonely and homesick. And so you ate waffles. And that really sums it up for me. I was filling all the emotional gaps inside me with food. And so I knew that to change the way I looked and felt about myself, and this isn't about striving to be skinny. This is not saying that thin and skinny is wonderful and anything else is not. You know, I'm never going to be that person. I'm never going to be a slim, skinny woman. And that's fine. It was. It's really all about self-acceptance. But what I did was understand that change needed to start 
start with a thought and not the fork. I needed to change the way I thought about food because in my head there was good food and bad food, you know, the toxic food. And if I ate bad food, I looked bad, I felt bad. And guess what? That just rushed me into the arms of crisps and cheese, which, which was the worst thing I could do. So it was about really changing my relationship with food and understanding why I ate. So in the book, which is my story going right back to my childhood, I unpick those reasons and um, really take a hold of it. And the answer for anyone wanting to change their life, their weight, their attitude about themselves is that you need to go gently. You need to go slowly. There isn't a quick fix. It is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's not easy. Um, And that's why going gently and slowly when you're ready is so key and important. I think it's inspirational because I'm sure a lot of women feel exactly the same. And we, we see a lot about even celebrities who have got their own fears about who they actually are and presenting themselves. But I have a really healthy interest. Um, And I say healthy because I love property. And one of the other books that you've written about, this is the one I won't be home for Christmas. Um, Yes. So I really love that story because it resonates with me. My daughter moved away to Australia 11 years ago now. I know she's only been home once. (laughs) Oh, Heather. So, of course, you know, I had to eat lots and lots when she decided to stay in Australia. But I think the point is, is you write about Vivian, her mother, who starts to think about going over to um, actually it's New Zealand, a place that you visited. Was there a little bit of yourself in Vivian when you were writing this story? Because you've just admitted to sort of emotional ups, highs and lows in your life that sent you to it. Would Vivian have eaten lots of chocolate biscuits and waffles? She probably most definitely would. And I can only say that I absolutely love that book, actually. It's wonderful. It's set in New Zealand and Bristol, which always makes me laugh because it's not the most obvious pairing. But in all my female characters, I think I, I, I am them. I have to be because I only ever write about what I know. And I think that's what makes all my characters relatable because they're just ordinary women who are having to overcome obstacles of life that we all face. Um, and ordinary women who end up doing extraordinary things. Um, certainly Vivian's one of them. So I think I'm in all of them, the good and the bad, you know, the ugly and the brave. Yeah, definitely. So I don't want to spoil the ending of the book, uh, I Won't Be Home for Christmas. But Mm -hmm. if you were actually Vivian, what sort of thought process would you go through if you decided to stay in Bristol or go over to Tutukaka? That's a really great question, Heather. And what I would say is prior to writing Women Like Us, I would have chosen safety and I would have definitely done things that meant I would stay close to home. But having exposed myself in this memoir and really understood what makes women tick and how women can change their lives and be brave if they want to, I would be so much braver. I would absolutely go for it because you know what? Life is short. Aging is not a problem to be fixed. Aging is a privilege. We need to accept ourselves how we are. We need to love the skin and the body we're in and we need to just go for it. So yeah, I think I would just be much braver. There are moments in life when food is our friend or our foe. Have you identified particular moments in life 
when those come to the fore. There's lots of Fs there, aren't there, friend and foe and food? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, it's really interesting. So I was eating, if I was happy, I would eat in celebration. If I was miserable, if I was sad, it was my go-to thing for everything. I would just reach for food. I was never full. I was never hungry. Uh, I describe it in the book because it was like my stomach was on a conveyor belt, just this constant, you know, tipping in of anything I could get my hands on, even things I didn't want to eat or things I didn't like. I mean, it sounds crazy to say it, but I was obsessed with food and I would gorge on food. And I don't say that easily. It fills me with shame to say that because it was a terrible cycle of self-loathing eating and overeating um and so now I'm very aware Heather that what I need to do is sleep well when I can sleep often make sure my mental health is in a good space be outside more and eat mindfully so every time I eat something I'm not on a diet diets don't work at least they don't for me as I've probably said but it's very much about every time I eat something making a good choice and it really is that simple. I make a good decision when I eat a breakfast, when I eat a lunch or a snack. And you know what? There is no such thing as bad food. And I used to think there was. There was this toxic food and there was good food. And I didn't want to eat the good stuff. I wanted to eat the bad stuff that was ultimately harmful to me. But now I know that isn't the case. There is only food. And so it's just about eating mindfully. When you talk about women like us, it's almost a question in itself. You know, what have women become over the decades? Originally, of course, a lot of women stayed at home. I'm talking about when I was a child as well. You know, mum was at home. She cooked lunch for when you came home from school. She cooked tea in the evening. Very often she'd maybe do, you know, a little secretarial job. And now I do begin to wonder, women like us embrace so many types, you know, and obviously working in property, I see lots of opportunities for women to build a, a good financial background for themselves whilst liking themselves at the same time but also trying to fill in lots and lots of different things as you said you know the the, the eating healthily maybe the exercising the spending time with family and friends it's an awful lot for a woman to have to fill in in a day how do you cope with that sort of pressure I don't I don't cope with it because it's too hard. We can't do it all, uh, even though we try. And I love that there are now so many opportunities, like the ones you're talking about in the property industry. It's wonderful that women have these amazing opportunities because I'm a child of the 70s. Um, and very much my expectation was to get married and stay at home, which now, of course, is an incredible privilege. Most people can't afford to do that. Houses, um, you know, households are just about managing with two incomes coming in. It's very, very hard and life is getting harder. So I'm very aware of not putting any more pressure on women like me um, and actually realizing that you know sometimes something has to give and when I'm working to the degree I am you know what suffers my family life we talk about a, a work-life balance but it's really hard um, and so I think that's part of the message of women like us is actually to be kinder to ourselves not put ourselves under that level of pressure because um, life is tough and I think any, anything that's a, that's a huge pressure can turn you to food or whatever your, your thing of comfort is. Um, it's important that we, we do keep some kind of balance, but it's not easy, is it? What do you want women like us to take away from your book? You just said we should be kinder to ourselves. So we need to really, obviously people will pick up the book, women will pick up the book, and hopefully husbands and partners will pick up the books as well to better understand women's struggles today. What do you think is the best way to approach reading your book? Is it a, well, let's start at one chapter and then just work with that and then perhaps go back in six months time to see how far you've come? 
that's a really, really interesting approach, actually. I hadn't thought of it like that. I would say start at the beginning and literally just work your way through the end because it's a linear story starting at my childhood. And the lessons I've learned are hopefully lessons I can pass on. And I think one of the main objectives of the book is that we have an awful lot of awareness over obesity and overeating. There's now more plus size images out there than there ever has been before, but there's still not a lot of understanding or empathy. And I hope that this book is the bridge to help those who are suffering from overeating or have a toxic relationship with food, understanding how they can break the cycle. But also anyone who's never experienced this, but wants to know more about it, because a lot of people say, well, it's easy, isn't it? just eat less and move more. Goodness me, I wish it was that simple. It really is a very complex issue that goes on in your mind and not a bodily thing. So I hope people who have either never suffered with it or want to understand it more get something from it. But it's very much about building that bridge from awareness to understanding. I, I think that's a great way of looking at it. And in actual fact, you could replace the, uh, the toxic relationship with food with other things that maybe people are doing, whether it's drinking or smoking or being on social media too much. So it actually is an all encompassing book where you can replace the little bit about, you know, I want to get over this part of my life and the self-awareness just even thinking about how you've been affected in your childhood. I mean, mm. it's funny, I was talking to somebody the other day, I said, my dad used to bring home a quarter of licorice comfits every Friday. Mm. And they mm. looked at me and said, what, only on a Friday? And I said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, because that was how you looked forward was. to it, Heather, probably. Uh, you probably yes. loved it. That treat was just I, wonderful. I really, really oh, I love did. That. I really did. So what, what would you like your readers to take away from your women like us once they finished reading it? I think that it's never too late to change your life if you want to and when you're ready to. And it's taken me until I was 54 to get a handle on the fact that the only person who can change my situation, the way I look and the way I feel about myself is me. And it's never too late to do that. Um, and, and the book is kind of a nice aid to have by your side. You know, if you're thinking about making change, if you are unhappy with yourself physically, then you know what? It's a really good place to just feel less alone. We are in a, in, a, in a club. There are millions of us who don't feel like we're enough because of the way we look or the way we feel about ourselves. And I hope this book is something that my readers will relate to um, and know that if they want to change their life, they can do what I did and they can make the changes necessary. Well, I think that's a great way of summing up. I mean, you're quite right. We are in a club and some of us just feel we don't fit. But there are so many different clubs within a women's club, aren't there? So um, it's been absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to get my hands on your book. Um, it only came out yesterday so mm. where can we find it anywhere you get your books clickety click online and you can find it any good bookshops will order it in for you but yeah anywhere you get your books from and I'm just so grateful for everyone that's listened and everyone that's going to read it thank you so much it means the world Amanda thank you so much for joining me today it's oh been Heather I've loved pleasure. it <laughs> I've loved it thank you honestly brilliant wish you every bit of success and for your lovely daughter in Australia thank you <laughs> bye for now bye, bye.